0: You're with Julian on The Brown Note and a review of The Last of Us, or at least episodes one to six. So I rarely watch TV TV series. I pretty much watch like cooking and travel shows. And the reason was is that I got to the end of that Breaking Bad era. And it seemed like every week there was two new series that you had to watch. I'd get like two series behind on a series, and in the end I just gave up. It was just too much TV being made. So I just stopped. So every now and again, I will watch something and I actually do review it. Narcos, I've reviewed every season of Narcos and we're all, we're all the Narcos fans are like looking at um, Pedro Pascal's ascent to being arguably the most popular lead actor in the world at the moment. And we're going like, we're having this on Narcos for seasons, season after season. We had Diego Luna and Pedro, uh, Pedro, Pedro, how have I forgotten his name? Pedro Pascal. <laughs> dear oh dear. Uh, we have Diego Luna and Pedro Pascal as, as lead actors in two seasons of Narcos. And we're like looking back going, yeah, we know. We know that. We knew this 10 years ago. He's like been in everything from the Star Wars universe, he's been in every universe. He just crops up in it. It's like him, Diego Luna, and uh, Oscar Isaacs are just like it, turning up in everything. Uh, alongside um bella ramsey who i didn't know before this uh, came out um craig mazin is the uh creator of the show his most prominent um tagline up until now was the chernobyl uh, series which got loads of awards and was one of the most acclaimed of the last 10 years and the um the guy neil duckman from the naughty dog company that created the last of us so when the last of us came out about 2013 um it's, this is one thing where i always had a, a bit of a problem with it is like the post apocalyptic zombie thing has been so done to death um that it was, I was that's always been in the back of my mind how can you do this like everything from the waking dead on we've gone through this future dystopia thing in just about any sci-fi i long for a science fiction movie where the future is better <laughs> everyone's got houses <laughs> everyone's got food it's really good um so I, I i thought how can it possibly be that great but it was one of the most acclaimed video games of all time particularly noted around its uh beautiful visual imagery of landscapes and the like and it's very um it's writing it's writing of characters and and the story progression in it and i've never played it uh, to all intents and purposes it has been the most by miles successful video game to film or television adaption in history there re- there really is next to nothing that hasn't been dreadful from assassins creed to w- even world of warcraft i didn't hate that much but it's still pretty awful Um, but there's just I don't know why I said when I think when I was reviewing Assassin's Creed years ago how do you get such a developed story from a video game and $200 million budget a cast that any Oscar winning film would kill to have and you end up with Assassin's Creed an unwatchable toilet bowl movie Um, so it's always been a mystery but this time around they nailed it and they've nailed it at exactly the right spot and they've hit the zeitgeist on the head and it already looks to be the TV event of the year. Um, it's from from the first episode, everything is, like it it, sh- it flew up this firework from the first episode that it was gonna be really good. Everything that has happened since has added to that. So they've done so well. And um, the other thing is, is that in not doing the binge thing here, so I the last really big TV show I watched was Twin Peaks The Return. And one of the things I loved about that show was that it was weekly. So when you move into the next Netflix world, of I, I watch uh, Narcos. You watch that in a weekend because all of the episodes are there. And everyone wants that and is moaning about the fact that it's not there. It, I love the fact it's not there. In Twin Peaks Return, what it did is it gave you time to sort of conjugate over the episode and appreciate the build to the next one. And it's really rare not to be given things on tap give me the next episode no don't care Um, so i thought i'd walk through quickly all of the episodes so far episode one uh when you're lost in the darkness i thought it was an appreciable episode everyone's raving about it being one of the greatest tv shows of all time i wasn't bought Um, we see pedro pascal and his daughter at the start of what is a fungal infection that's crossed over to humans the equivalent of a zombie apocalypse and we see the opening days opening minutes of this happening and his 14 or whatever year old daughter being killed Um, and then we jump massively forward in time i felt like it was a really solid classy opening episode it didn't make me understand that this would be one of the best tv shows of the year i just felt that it didn't really put any feet wrong and uh, everything that happened was classy and pedro was awesome um so at that stage i was i would give the episode one a seven and a half out of ten um episode two it began building a little bit better um i wouldn't say the episode was any much better um i think when you've got your opening episode you get to do a lot of stuff you don't get to do again so i thought it was um a solid episode again uh called the infected um it didn't really do that much um to make me think that this was a a, you know an all-time great show basically it's going to be um there was some really moving stuff like the death of tess um and the majority of it which is one of the reasons why i've really grown to warm towards it is its baseline is joel and ellie wandering the wilderness um so they're they're like on this long epic journey and they're wandering the wilderness. So you get a lot of meditative downtime, which I really like. I suffer from anxiety really badly. I like the long gaps between the horrors um and it not being, you know, it doesn't it doesn't beat you over the head all of the time. It was being picked on for uh, in a good way for the cinematography being very similar to the game and the visuals. Um, slightly at this point i was starting to notice that you know you'd get a vista of um, you know tower blocks overrun with plants and there's dead zombies sort of or even half alive zombies sort of i'm calling them zombies i don't care um sort of like wibbling along on the ground and some of those were really striking um and there was obviously a level of cruelty and and uh explicitness they were willing to go to here we're we're told joe is a bad man uh pedro and ellie were st- starting to form a really good bond um she's a foul-mouthed uh chin, uh, uh he's uh, an emotionally broken guy what happened to his wife <laughs> i don't know what happened to his miss what happened to the mother of his daughter what happened there do we know Um, so there's lots of there's lots of side baggage that makes these characters have a little bit more depth to them so basically if you don't know ellie so the whole planet's been ravaged by this fungal infection which can um, it it transmits itself like zombies turns people into zombies she is immune so no one else has been immune we have jumped forward from um, pedro pascal losing his daughter 20 years and in that time the world has become this really debased broken place uh, walled in cities uh, with all manner of um, totalitarianism and and so on i still think the best line in this whole series so far happens in the next episode so i give episode two a seven and a half out of ten uh, episode three the most famous one and the bravest one and the one that was the litmus test has the best line so far so we get uh neil offerman i think from the office um, him and Nick Offerman from the office idiot uh, and Myrie Bartlett form a gay relationship so uh, Nick Offerman is someone who's a survivalist at the start of this which is a pretty good line of work to be in so when everyone's fleeing and everyone's dying he's got all this like underground bunker stuff going on with like 57 ak 47s lined up ready for it with food everywhere and he traps someone who's trying to get into his compound who is um the other actor murray bartlett and they form a romantic relationship both like he is nick offerman is like this gruff butch woodsman kind of guy who doesn't let anyone in sort of thing and they form this um gay relationship which uh through everyone no one saw it coming and it dominates the whole episode and it was the bravest episode but the best line was um when the other guy says to to the nick offerman character you know you used to be this crazy guy who believed in all conspiracy theories and you thought the government were nazis nick offerman goes the government are nazis and the other guy's like yeah they are now but (laughs) i thought that was awesome um it's kind of like the survivalist proved but he lives in this massive gothic southern mansion which i was a bit i mean we're basically celebrating these two guys as having this beautiful love story which it is um but they're eating rabbit and drinking french wine and living on a property that could house thousands in an era when people are starving to death and being sold as slaves And they're sitting there every night drinking Beaujolais and eating rabbit. And I was like, really celebrating this. But the great thing about it was that it was a massive risk. And I didn't want it when it started happening. But it was so well written. And Nick Offerman is going to get an Emmy. And he will get a lot of awards for his performance. He was sort of like the gruff guy on The Office. But here, the amount of warmth and humanity without breaking away from that initial characterization is is going to win him awards and it's the fact that we followed this couple to their death in the most beautiful and touching way possible i thought there was an incredibly good metaphor here at one point their compound is attacked by human beings starving to death while they're eating rabbit and drinking Beaujolais, and we jump forward from that point we see nick Offerman get really seriously injured and believe that he might be dead but we jump forward years and that's when we realise the enemy at the gates which was this physical threat wasn't anything like the real enemy which was time we get to a point where they're both old enough that their physical state is becoming less and less enjoyable um and his partner is really quite sick Uh, and we go through the whole uh, combined suicide pact thing and then Joel and Ellie turn up after this has all happened it was a really big risk to take it completely stopped the series dead and it was a masterpiece it was an outstanding masterpiece because of the acting the directing the risk-taking and the fact for me that it made me feel about the outside world a lot more the like we're following joel and Ellie religiously but this made me feel about other people's lives it widened the horizon of the series it made the universe expand a lot more and it was a brilliant piece of acting directing and writing so i'm going to give episode three a nine and a half out of ten uh i think that's going to win so many awards episode four i can pass through Um, This is when we meet uh, the Kansas City Militia. So there are lots of different sort of militia groups around. Joel's trying to get Ellie towards one of the militia groups called the Fireflies, where they can sort of reproduce her blood and make a vaccine. Not all of the militias are on the same page. And we have this two episode set up where uh, the actor, uh, uh, what's her name? Melanie Linsky who I've seen in so many things and Jeffrey Pierce as well um, we see the two lead characters meet up with um, an African American guy and his deaf brother and former Bond and move through into the realm of um, is it Catherine Um, and she's the head of the militia and she's after the African American guy so she shuts down the whole city trying to get him and unfortunately that snares everyone in the same net episode and that episode is a perfectly good one uh, for eight out of ten and then we get endure to survive which is episode five and the halfway point and that's obviously the payoff for everything that's happened it goes way beyond what you expect it amps up everything and we get our satisfaction in the in the darkest ways possible um just as shattering on different levels as episode three was and um action and everything comes to the fore and like the last half hour is just this absolute mayhem brilliant episode nine out of ten and the last one i've just seen kin is um when we're like a few months down the track joel and ellie have stumbled across this wilderness settlement um and i won't go into spoiling anything. But um really good episode, really seeing the cinematography come into the fore now. A lot of these are like river bends, straight in snow and mountain ranges and the wilderness of America. It's been really beautiful shot. But the main thing is the relationship between um Joel and Ellie has really broadened. Their acting is getting really, really intensely beautiful. Um when he tries to leave her in this one, it's it's really quite poignantly done. There's a moment at the start, like the anxiety you get watching Ellie is sometimes overwhelming. And when she's in this new environment, you're continually worried about her. and what. Because if anyone finds out she's immune, they're going to find out she was bitten. And her chances of living more than a few seconds after people find out she's been bitten, even though she's immune, no one will believe her, is, is really tense. But there's a moment with a dog at the start, which I actually didn't like watching. It was so scary to watch because they're in a position they can't get out of and you think oh no this is really horrible um great flow by this stage and all of the side characterations are, are wonderful but it's that relationship between pedro pascal uh and uh what's her name bella ramsey bella ramsey as ellie and joel which has really set this apart um and and, and the long form nature of it the fact that it is gradually building and building uh, very very effectively where you now you're in love with both those characters and you need to know what's coming for them the side issue with this the elephant in the room is i remember the sequel to the last of us the last of us 2 coming out many years ago i'd never played it i know what happens and this is i think what everyone is waiting for so we know that there's not a great thing coming and how the tv makers are going to deal with one of the probably the hottest couple in the world on television at the moment how they're going to deal with that i guess they can mess around with chronology and flashback and do a lot of stuff but i think it's going to be a really like mass anxiety inducing moment A lot of people are going to be really upset even if they know it's coming it's like don't do that so they've they've helmed it really close to the game but when the last of us 2 came out it was basically the compute online gaming community melted down it was a hugely acclaimed game but it also had a lot of people wailing and gnashing their teeth Um, and that's the most interesting thing what are they going to do with one of the hottest properties over the last few years in television, when it comes to that moment. Overall, I am completely enthralled. It's enthralling TV. It doesn't need each episode to pay off. It's long form. It's slow, often slow, and it has formed an impeccable lead pairing of Bella Ramsey and Pedro Pascal that will you see it dominate the year tv wise so um the last of us i'm going to give so far an eight and a half out of ten i think the episodes have gradually gotten on on average that has gone up from say a seven and a half at the start to to a solid eight and a half i'd give that last episode kin an eight and a half out of ten as well On the overall series so far for the last of us episodes one to six eight and a half out of ten how how long did i talk for um this is from jockstrap i love you jennifer b their debut album